Hello, I'm Angela. And I'm Marie, the second half of this mother and daughter team. Welcome to Chalker Checkups. We're here to guide you on your quest for spiritual knowledge and enlightenment. Good morning. Good morning. We're back. We're back again for another episode. So I've been practicing my meditation skills after we released the episode on interdimensional shifts. Mm -hmm. And I felt a drop and then a little flicker of white light of something that was going to happen. And then I got so excited and then I got thrown out of it. (laughs) Well, first of all, nobody threw you out of your meditation. (laughs) I threw myself out of my meditation. (laughs) Okay, you threw yourself out of your meditation. Well, this is something that it seems like I encounter a lot. and It's been coming up a lot lately for people. This sort of detached alienation from their own chakra system and their own energy system. Your chakras and your energy system are not alien parts. This is, this is actually who you are. These are natural innate abilities that you earned over hundreds of years, or at least many, many years and beyond this lifetime. And I find it kind of, startling how many people are afraid of that well I think it's easy to be afraid of the unknown and just not knowing what's going to happen well that's true I mean it it, it it could be different you're going into something that you haven't allowed your consciousness to experience but I should say re-experience because this is something that you have been through before you do go through when you're sleeping at night. So it's not like this has never happened in your existence, just maybe not in your conscious existence in whatever small amount of time you've been conscious in this lifetime so Mm -hmm. far. Okay. So yeah. What's the question here? What do we, how do we do this? (laughs) Well, for one thing, I think it really, really would help if you begin to, to, I mean, look in the mirror. If you have a reading, look at your reading. If you don't, just look in the mirror and say, I am a spiritually enlightened, uh, to some degree, person. I yeah. do have these this light. I do have these abilities. I may not be self-realized at this moment. But the truth is that I am a person with abilities. Almost everybody that I mention has abilities. They say, well, yeah, I kind of known that since I was a child, but they keep pushing it away. Instead of pushing away your natural ability, start to celebrate that. Wake up and say, yes, this is who I am. And I'm not alone. Mm-hmm. No, I'm not alone. I was thinking this morning, there probably are about, at least 20% of the people out there in the world, the entire world, are natural healers to some degree. Wouldn't mm-hmm. it be great if everybody around that was a natural healer was celebrating that and sharing it with everyone else that they knew? 
I don't, oh, you have a headache? Well, here, I can heal that, and then we'll go have coffee. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it kind of sounds like a fantasy world, but it could be, it could be our world. It could be our world. I mean, the lady that we're, we have on the podcast later today, uh, Pedlin, discovered that she has this ability to channel and help people, and she's just, I said, take the challenge, go out there and do it for 100 people, and she is. I have other people that I have doing healings and they're just taking the challenge and starting to heal um, people that they know or people that they don't know and having good results. It is out there. People have these abilities. They're somehow afraid to use them. It's like being afraid of your big foot or something, you know, or your big toe. Um, It's part of you. Mm Mm-hmm. This is a natural part of you, a natural ability that should be celebrated. Mm-hmm. I think in some ways it's also a privilege to have the time to focus in and hone some of those skills. Well, I mean, people could cut down their Netflix or their gaming for an hour and meditate, and then they would have time to do that. It's, it's yeah. That's more of a, a lifestyle choice. Right. Well, that's what I mean is like, I think the reason why 20% of our population isn't going around and, you know, doing random acts of kindness healings on other people is because of the lifestyle choices. Well, that's probably true, but I think it's more fear driven than it is anything else. Uh-huh. Because people tell me that they're not they're not happy with their lifetime lifestyle. They're not being fulfilled. They're not full of joy and light and happiness. Um, mm-hmm. And they're looking for something else. And they're trying to realize who they. Are. You know, someone told me just the other day that he felt completely in the light, and it was scary. And I thought, and I said, why? Why is that frightening? I mean, I've gone into the light several times. I've gone into full trance state into a ball of light. And it was warm and it was light and it was amazing and and even maybe a little bit startling, but it was not scary. There's nothing inherently fearful or to be feared in connecting to your natural state of being. Mm -hmm. Yeah, except except that it's just very different from what we know and what we're taught and what we, you know, can expect. Well, it's very different from what you consciously know. Yeah. Because you wouldn't have it if you didn't, you got it somewhere. It, it, it wasn't random genetics. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> so it, it's something you have forgotten. Uh-huh. You know, like where'd I put my purse or wallet or car keys? It's you've always, you know, they're there and you put them there, but you just forgot. And the trick is just to to start to see it as just that ordinary so that you can wake up. Yeah, so you're saying just by taking a moment to look in the mirror and reflect on yourself and say i am these things i am enlightened i am spiritual i have these gifts well that's a big step yes 
Yes. And, uh, you know, and another step would be to actually start to try to practice that. You don't have to go out there and grab somebody in a restaurant and say, by the way, let me heal you or something. But you could uh, start with your pets. Mm-hmm. You know, start to say, OK, I, if I can if I can send energy to somebody, I'll, you know, send it to my cat, my dog or you know, your goldfish or whatever. And <laughs> see how that goes. <laughs> Dogs love energy work. They really do. They just suck it up. I have an area where lots of people have dogs and everybody's dogs always running over to me because I'm always sending them gold light. So they just love that. <laughs> You're also feeding them bacon every time you walk by. So. Not bacon. <laughs> okay, hot dogs. You're feeding them sausages and steak. <laughs> but the, the, the thing is that you can do that. You can start to say, yeah, I'm a healer and I'm going to start out by healing the animals. Mm-hmm. When I was a teenager, I got very much into doing, when I first started doing healing energy and I noticed that when I went outside and I sat on the porch, the little birds would come and land on my hand. Mm. I would just go out and I would sit and I would be thinking of making healing energy and these little tiny birds, I don't know what kind they were, but they're very small. Um, and they would just come and, and lay, lay, sit there on my hand. Wow. I think it's because they just like the energy. Yeah, because like as you're sitting there thinking of generating light, you're thinking about it from your heart chakra going to your hands. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. And animals sense that. They like that. Oh. It's kind of like a warm bath or something. They can go over there and get a little, you know, gold light bath or something like that. A little ray of sunshine. <laughs> So you don't have to spend every day in a cave meditating or, you know, toning or whatever. But the more you start to integrate the idea in your mind that this is a normal, healthy, spiritual thing that you have, it's your gift to use because you earned it. It isn't random. It didn't happen by accident. This is something you worked for. Mm-hmm. It's like a college diploma that you worked for, and now people are afraid to use it. How do you figure that, that it's something that you worked for? Because the amount of time it takes to get certain things goes way beyond just one lifetime. And I have seen over and over again, there's certain things that correlate to different types of uh, spiritual work. For example, people with jewels in their crown chakra, and jewels are pretty pretty rare, very rare. Those are people that have done a great sacrifice to help others mm-hmm. and, and deeply care about helping other people, sometimes at their own expense, and many times have, have saved the lives of other people. Mm-hmm. And that doesn't, and they're born with those jewels. But you can also see that tendency that will carry through with them. You know, sometimes pers- a person will have one jewel in their crown and sometimes they'll have many. And these people are very selfless people and with lifetimes of being that way. Uh-huh. They have it's funny it. when, when you talk about like earning a jewel for helping or taking care of others 
I hard for me to relate that to being spiritual as much as it's just like being a good person. Like that's just kind of what everyone should do and the mindset everyone should have. Says somebody who is spiritual. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> It would be nice if everybody thought that way. <laughs> I mean, in my lifetime, I've had people say I was too nice. They didn't say that's great that you're nice and that you're doing these things. More often, I've had people say, no, you're doing too much or you're too nice and you shouldn't do that. Yeah. Um, that's well, because sad. People like take advantage of that. Well, whether or not someone takes advantage of you is really up to you. Mm-hmm. I had a lot of people uh, living on my, my property at one time. And, and someone said, well, what if they come in and take, you know, your mayonnaise or something? And I said, well, there's nothing here that I wouldn't give them. So there's nothing that they can take that I have a problem with. Mm -hmm. So that's up to you. You're not being taken advantage of anything that you give freely. That's just a state of mind or a state of way of looking at things. Well, that may be true. But your innate, your your nature to want to care and nurture for your neighbors, your friends, or whoever, that's a spiritual quality that many people have. And unfortunately, many people don't have. Mm -hmm. And I think that it can be learned in one lifetime, but it's often come from many lifetimes. I mean, at some point, everybody had a start. This is true. You know, occasionally I've come across a person that I, I kind of say in, in a kind of lighthearted way, they're, they're like planet 101. They, they're like <laughs> their first life on this planet. And they are, they have so much difficulty with everything. I mean, they, they can't figure out a toaster, barely can eat with silverware. They're just like they've never been on this planet before. And they don't understand the system. And it's just, you know, they're just like lost little creatures. It's, it's, it's very unusual. So that, you know, so, sometimes people start, you start somewhere, mm -hmm. but generally those people, they're kind people. Mm -hmm. They also haven't learned to be angry or uh, vindictive or revengeful or anything like that either. They're just, well, they're kind of like a toddler, right? Like they're figuring right. out the world and then adjusting to what they find out. Yeah. They're a clean slate. Yeah. And then they'll then they'll build from there. And all of us probably started that way at some point. Mm -hmm. But now if you're if you're sitting at home and you know you do have some you know you're telepathic and you know that you can influence the way other people think from time to time and you know that you can get information by just going phasing into a a, a different kind of mental state, which is remote viewing and you know that you have the ability to breathe and heat up your hands and send healing energy and you have lucid dreaming at night so you know that you're moving about the astral but then you still don't want to look at yourself as a spiritual person because it's scary mm -hmm. <laughs> you know it's like what is all that about yeah go look in the mirror you're not as scary as you think and there are so many people out there that are so developed they're saying and they say to me i'm completely alone there's no one else out there like me no you're wrong about that 
there are a lot of people out there like you. I talk to them almost every single day. Yeah. It's one of the biggest things that people say to me. I'm isolated and alone. There are no people out there like me. And I'm thinking. Well, I, I think even the people that might have similar skills, nobody's that open about talking about it. So your neighbor could be one of those and you would just never know. Exactly. Unless you be brave. Mm-hmm. Well, unless you do what I do, you know, say, come out and say, yes, actually, I do know about this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's just gotten like such a negative connotation to it. Like in the last few years of a lot of people that are taking advantage of, you know, saying that they're a psychic and not really knowing anything about anything. It, it's typical of very high powered business people to be a lot more developed and psychic than they want to think of it that way right i had had one uh gentleman this last week who i said he was a remote viewer he he was medium he had mediumship he had you know all these different things and he said well everything in my reading really fit me except for i don't have any of these skills that you said i had uh-huh. And then we start going through them. And I said, well, do you do you ever know what's going to happen before it happens? Well, yeah, I've had that since I was a child, you know, but that doesn't mean anything. I said, OK, well, that's, you know, clairvoyance. OK, do you, you know, do you ever know what somebody's thinking? He says, well, yeah, I know what people are thinking. That helps me make business decisions. And oh, well, that's telepathic. You know? And we went through this whole list. And by the time we go through the whole list, he goes, well, yeah, maybe I have some of those things. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Maybe you have all of them. The fact was he did have all. Right. But he just refused to think of them in the verbiage that we tend to tend to use. And that's okay. But he still had a tremendous amount of spiritual skill. I mean, don't you think that if he were to be more open about that in his work environment with being like, oh, I am telepathic and things like that, don't you think people would want to stop doing business with him because they'd be like, he's cheating the system somehow? Oh, or possibly they'll say, wow, I also have that. Why don't we do business together? Yeah. Again. What I'm saying is there's a tremendous amount of people out there. And in in order to be a really successful business person, you have to have a pretty clean chakra system. Mm-hmm. You can't be living in the past. You can't be being controlled by your rage. You can't have a completely dysfunctional material world. You can't have an inability to communicate. Yeah, that's true. So those people have usually a very good chakra system and they're dealing with other people that also do. They just don't want to run around thinking of themselves as being spiritually present, but, but then sometimes some of them do and they do tremendous amount of charity work and things like that. And that's how they express it. Right. But they're out there. If you look at somebody and they're just, everything about them is shining and sparkling. It's because their chakras are that way. And I, there's no way that person got that evolved and left all their psychic abilities behind. It just doesn't happen that way. Yeah. I, um, I want to look it up. I found a, a really good quote the other day and 
Source unknown, but let me read it. So the quote says, witches call it spells. Christians call it prayer. Spiritualists call it manifestation. Atheists call it the placebo effect. Scientists call it quantum physics. Everyone's arguing over its name. No one is denying its existence. Well, there you go. Yeah, it's kind of like what you're what you're saying is it's it's right there and it's more about accepting who you are than putting a label on it, I guess, right? Yes, yeah, accepting who you are and celebrating who you are. Yeah. Yeah, what if you met someone and said, "Oh, yeah, what what are your interests?" Well, oh, you know, I like surfing and I like diving. I do art and I'm a medium. Yeah. <laughs> What's wrong with that? I don't know. <laughs> I mean, occasional miraculous healing thrown in, you know. Yeah. What's wrong with that? Well, I was even like joking to one of my good friends who's gotten a reading from you, thinks that like everything you said was super spot on and and I was just saying, I was like, "You know what? I'm going to just become a psychic like my mom I'm gonna work towards that and stuff and he's like uh like okay and like got really weird about it like like I couldn't turn that into you know a future goal (laughs) well sad for him or her (laughs) (laughs) but it's just like the you know in dating meeting somebody new you don't want to lead with that because i don't know it's just not very accepted it would make dating really hard oh yeah these were my interests like i'm also a medium like to the right person i guess they would be like okay cool but well i'm kind of inviting everybody to choose the light and decide to be brave and get out there and say hey you know what I hadn't been, I hadn't told you this before, but guess what? This is part of my life. This is who I am. Yeah. Because ultimately, when people do, they are happier. Yeah. They feel better. They feel more true to themselves. It isn't like, oh, my God, now I'm living in total fear. Someone will knock on my door and drag me off and burn me at the stake. Well, Not anymore. <laughs> <laughs> so you some know, of it, us have past lives past life trauma to deal with mom <laughs> i remember at least six different times in past lives vividly like i say come on guys get a different theme but that's still you are still who you are mm-hmm. and the funny thing is you can be all dramatic about that but guess what you're here now and you're enlightened now to the degree you are. So what's the big deal? Yeah. Be brave. Be bold. Be brave. <laughs> <laughs> be who you are, who you're meant to be. At least start. At least start by looking in the mirror and declare it to yourself, you know. Yeah. What other tips for acceptance do you have for us? Well, like I said, practice, practice on your pets, practice on your plants, house plants, at least, you know, Mm -hmm. start to start to do things in your life on a daily basis that reflect that you are a healer, 
that you are a medium, that you are a telepath, that you do have a heart of gold, that you are a healing person. Just start to be willing to accept yourself as who you are Mm -hmm. instead of trying to pretend that you're just a, I don't know, a gamer who watches Netflix (laughs) (laughs) and see if that doesn't make you feel better. See if you don't feel better about yourself and feel happier during your day when you do that. Okay. It's worth it. It's worth a try. Yeah. You know, you got to always try something at least once. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe twice. (laughs) The person that we have on today as our guest, Petalin has beautiful chakras as it is a healer. She has actually been doing work with women, healing women, leading meditation groups and things of that nature for many, many years, very successfully. She's a wonderful person, but she started doing work more, more recently. And she suddenly called me one day and said, you know, I am channeling. I think I'm channeling. And I said, well, then be brave, be bold, go out there. I want to give you a challenge. I want, I'm going to send you a hundred people to do readings on, and I want you to do a hundred readings. And of Mm. course she kind of gulped and, (laughs) (laughs) okay. (laughs) And I said, well, how else are you going to find out what quality of channeling you genuinely have and, and expand and learn more about that? Yeah, because it's probably just like working out. You need to work the same muscles and practice and gain gain experience in some way, right? Right, and have these different experiences and different responses from people because you're going to be dealing with, you know, the public and they change. They're different. You know, Mm -hmm. everyone is different than the one before. Mm -hmm. So she's been doing it. She has been doing it and she's been doing a wonderful job and she's doing it like I do my remote healing, no information about the person other than their name. And she does a channel message and sends it off and then they talk about it. So she did it for me and I found it very interesting and, and very accurate. So she's a person that decided to be brave, be brave, be bold, go out there. Mm-hmm. put herself on the line and randomly channel for a hundred, hundred strangers. All right. Well, let's add her on here and hear from Petalin herself. Wow. Yeah. Welcome Petalin. Thank you. It's so good to be here. It's great to have you. Yeah. It's nice to meet you as well. My mom has said that she's been working a lot with you. So it's nice to put a voice to the, some of the, the stories the that I've been hearing. Yeah. The name. <laughs> yeah, no, it's been, it's been great. Your mom's just been amazing and so supportive and uh, just really vital to, I, I, to what I consider to be a comparatively exponential growth in, uh, in this facet of my life. So um, it's been wonderful. It's amazing to hear. What led you to get a reading in the first place? Um, well, uh, a, a mutual friend of ours, I guess, uh, somebody who had a reading uh, by Marie, um, she called me up and she said, Peter Lynn, you, you have to get a reading. 
from Marie. And so I went, okay, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, you know, it's like, I'm glad it works for you, but I've kind of stopped that sort of thing from my life because I had an attitude around, around it. I felt that if people were told much about, you know, what they are, who they are, where they're going, it, it has an influence on their thinking. And it's not, I, you know, it's not necessarily good. And they tend mm-hmm. to seek these things out, in my opinion, when they're in a um, kind of a, a low part of their life and they're looking for answers outside of themselves. So that was the attitude that I came in with. So, um, but the, the, my friend, uh, I trust her, I think an awful lot of her. And um, so she said that I needed to do it. I thought, okay, well, let's just give it a shot. Yes, and, nevertheless, you signed up anyways. <laughs> yeah. So I got a reading from Marie and, you know, um, I loved it. Uh, I mean, there wasn't much to not love about it. And, um, and I thought, you know, I'm at a, the stage in my life where I sold all my belongings four years ago now. And with the purpose of simplifying my life and really um, diving into my spiritual side to give that a good shot. So Marie's reading came at a pivotal time. There was more than the reading. There was something that was also happening, it seemed to me, on an energetic level that came with her reading. Yeah, so, and kind of the rest is is history in a sense. Um, I just followed my intuition. Awesome. So what did you find like most helpful about the the reading or the experience and, you know, how's it been going since then? she had a way of seeing me in a way that I don't think most people see me. Mm-hmm. Right? And she called out things that um, it's like, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. The, uh, yeah. She just sort of called that out. And I thought, well, it's my own permission, right. To move mm-hmm. forward, to decide um, if I'm going to do something with this, so, yeah, so the reading was unusual that way. And, and as I say, it was unusual also because it seemed to come with an energetic healing as well. And I can't really explain it, but it was different than any other thing that I've done in that way. I think what, you know, we talked to someone else and they said kind of the same thing. And I think it is because when you sign up for healing, you're you're giving me permission yes. to, you know, be in your energy. And when I do a healing, I call your angels in and for a lot of people, that's just an influence that they never have in conjunction with a reading. Absolutely. Mm. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm glad um, that, uh, that that seems consistent. And uh, yeah, that was definitely different. So you've also been doing some of the healings from the podcast, I understand. And, uh, and also, I think, I think you've done some uh, soul retrievals too, haven't you? Yes, I have. So I've done them all. Everything that Marie said to do, I've, I've done. I've done. Wow. <laughs> I, and I do, them, you know, regularly. And not just that, but I actually have a little posse that where we do these things together three mornings a week, you know. Amazing. So we will do healings for each other. Um, we'll focus on one another. We will practice soul retrievals. Um, and every time, you know, one of my friends says, yeah, there's this thing that came up and so on. It's like, try doing a soul retrieval effective. I mean, they're deceptively simple and they are extremely effective. 
I studied NLP, and so I use a lot of NLP techniques for my clients. And what exactly is NLP for those of no? Neuro linguistic programming. Mm-hmm. Okay. So it, it can be everything from um, speech patterns, um, you know, words that one tends to use a lot. Uh, it can be uh, the way one uses one's body. But you can also use certain techniques to uh, create kind of a quantum, I want to say a quantum way of thinking, a quantum field mentally. But anyway, my point is that the technique is very similar to one that I have used before in the past. And... Her technique, Marie's technique, is so much simpler, and it is at least as effective, if not more. Mm-hmm. So um, I highly yeah. recommend it. And you know, if anybody's listened to how to do a soul retrieval, and then they thought, "Well, that's really sweet, but it's so simple, it can't possibly work." It's like, well, and if you believe that, it probably won't. But if you just give it a chance, you'd be surprised. Yeah, it's nice to hear someone else say this, that they have been bugging their friends about soul retrievals because I truly feel like I'm the uh, the annoying one in the friend group being like, here, why don't you heal more? <laughs> right, right. It's all there. It's all there for you. And I know that I've heard you say in, uh, in uh, you know, former podcasts, uh, you know, that you, you've been, you know, you've been going to therapy and so on, and you've had a great experience with your therapist. And you know, you've gotten so much accomplished in such a relatively short period of time just through soul retrieval. So, yeah, um, I completely understand that and nod to that uh, story because um, it is true. I see it happening all the time. Yeah, I mean, it's it's pretty crazy. And there's been a lot of parallels with like the stuff that I've been working on with her and the way that my mom will kind of walk walk you through a soul retrieval or the thought process of bringing your soul back which I find like very interesting that it is very very similar with like one distinct distinction of okay now I'm not leaving myself in the past and you're gonna be here with me so yeah yes exactly and that's the piece that even my NLP technique which is also very effective does not do and I love that piece because it just it invites you to just completely open up your heart and you know it 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 gives us permission to really feel love for that part of ourselves that really held tight like a centurion to that part of their past to stand for something and it got stuck or whatever you know mm-hmm. yeah uh, really uh, invite her or him back home you know so it's wonderful I did a soul retrieval with somebody on the phone in their follow-up call just a couple of days ago. And he, and so he, I said, let's just do this soul retrieval now. And we did. And he started crying and he said, I've missed that little guy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. God. What a beautiful thing, you know? Um, yeah. I think, I think it is. Uh, I think it's just what I want for everybody, of course, is just, to be able to heal like that and and, yeah. and to do it in their own living room. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I mean, it's um we are trained and entrained in our society, in our culture to look for look for everything that we need on the outside, you know, somewhere yeah. else. And what that entrains us and grooms us for is to continuously abandon ourselves, pretty much in line with however it is we felt abandoned at one time in our in our formative years we just keep doing the same thing over and over again. And it's like, well, turn on your heel, turn around, look at yourself and 
you know, bring bring you bring all yous home. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know? It's like don't abandon yourself anymore. It's precious. It really is. Was there anything you would like to ask us, Peter Lynn? Yes, I know. I, I have I I I do. I there are questions and I kept thinking I want to ask questions. And now of course I'm drawing a complete blank. Um <laughs> I'm curious. No. I'm curious about Angie. I'm curious. Uh, <laughs> oh what, no! <laughs> what, what has been your experience growing up with a mom who has this? Who basically this is like second nature to her. That must have been really interesting. And also, I know that you hold a position in the podcast as a, the, the question asker, right? So you assume mm. the position of those who don't know. You assume the position of your audience. And I know that you are, you know, a lot more, obviously. And so I'm curious what your journey has been. Yeah. Um, gosh, growing up with my mom, that was, it was a trip, to be honest. It was very interesting for me because I feel like I was in a very kind of normal, conservative school, like the white picket <laughs> fence, the families that were still together and things like that and then my parents were divorced at a young age so I did two weeks with my dad two weeks with my mom and so I kind of went from being more in town and normal to with my witnessing ayahuasca ceremonies and stuff on the so it was very very split I think I just saw a lot of things that were kind of undeniable to me but then just like too weird for me to talk about any of it with the people that I went to school with you know when you're younger you're always trying to fit in and be liked and uh so there was there was a lot of that I think so I just kind of I guess shut it down and have always been like okay yes I believe in all of that stuff but I don't know what to do with that right now and so you mean your mom's weekend you mean your mom's weekend ayahuasca thing didn't fit in? <laughs> yeah, it didn't fit into the, the uh, you know, like, let's go play in the playground. <laughs> Have ayahuasca tea parties somewhere in your neighborhood there? <laughs> yeah, no, not so much. So. Yeah. I do have a question for, for Marie. Mm-hmm. Um How did you navigate that between for your relationship? I mean, as a mom. Well, uh, you know, uh, I I made this commitment to be a guilt-free mom. I was just going to do the best I can and never lay any guilt trips on myself. And also, I made this commitment that, okay, the day I had her, I said, okay, this is a contract for minimum 18 years. So I've got a job now for the next 18 years that I'm going to do the very best I can. And those are the two things that I think made a difference for us is that that's what I went by. And if I woke up and, you know, I not in the mood or whatever, said, well, you can shut that voice up because that doesn't go with your contract. Right. You know, I take parenting very, very serious. And I love my daughter beyond anything I could ever express. But uh, I think that that's just, I think that's where people, they have kids and they keep voting. Yeah. And, that's a great way to put it. Yeah. I took Angie into the woods and we we were on 240 acres and for six years that she didn't have uh, we didn't have electricity mm-hmm. uh, 
no but we would spend a lot of times like I, I would look back on that like pretty fondly because we would you know collect sticks and make fairy houses or catch like garden snakes and make cages for them and have them as pets for a day and stuff like that Oh, wow. How old were you? You said six? That's oh, from. Nope. That's right around when she was six years old and tell, uh, like Josh, almost when she was 12 years old. Mm-hmm. That's incredible. Because that's... I wanted her to have this knowing that it's not about having a lot of stuff or a lot of electronics and that it's and that she could survive well in the world in the you know without running water without electricity without all that stuff it's not that's not what it's about Mm -hmm. right and that you can survive and thrive in that environment it's not it's not like it's missing anything other than the convenience i guess you know Mm -hmm. just that's that's powerful that's really that's i think that's a wonderful thing to be able to know about yourself so you're not as daunted by you know when the power goes out or different things that people freak out about you know we did have a cell phone. And I remember one time we called her grandmother and uh, said, how are you doing? And she was all in a panic. And she said, the power went out. And we couldn't have breakfast. And Angie started laughing. <laughs> and she said, That's awesome. She said, we have breakfast every morning and we don't have any. Right. Right. I know. Use your imagination. Luckily, our children survive what we put them through. <laughs> they do. I mean, there's so many times where I'd walk out of my room when my mom would have friends over and they would be doing different channeling or healings and I would just like walk back and I'm like, what in the world are they doing out there this time? (laughs) (laughs) She's talking about, uh, I had, there was some people from Brazil, there was a Brazilian uh, shaman medium had come and was staying at our place for a while and we did a lot of different things and one night she was, she channels and she was channeling I'm not sure it was a little girl or a little boy, but a child Hmm. from the astral. And Angie walked in amongst that. And the little child was talking to Angie. And she was kind of taken aback. Like, I don't know exactly what to do with this. Well, I just like, yeah, like they were all having a, you know, kind of normal conversation. Like went in my room for a little bit, came back. And then here's this adult that now is like acting like, a three-year-old on the floor like kind of legs spread out like hunched over and I think my mom had like given her ice cream so then she was like spoon eating ice cream you know with kind of like a child's grip on the spoon and then also feeding it like to the dog and not making like full sentences anymore and you're just like what wow <laughs> that, yeah that would be memorable I would <laughs> oh yeah oh there's a part of a, a, in Ubanda where they one of the things they call the you know the, the spirit of the children they call it's not about God having a whole bunch of different beings it's about all these aspects of God yeah and that they can play out at different times and so she from time to time Anna would channel like the spirit of the of the very young child and she would become very animated like a like a you know little child you'd have to uh, you know, kind of pleaser somehow so one of the things i discovered is to give the little give the little um spirit some ice cream really liked that yeah and and she was fine with the dog licking it off her spoon and then she'd take a bite from the dog and you know yeah was... <laughs> <laughs> right right oh, my oh that's awesome 
Just a regular day at our house. I know, right? <laughs> just every just another Tuesday, right? Exactly. Yeah. Is there anything that sticks out in uh, your awakening or since working with my mom? Yeah, well, everything does, you know. It's um I mean, every day I deepen my relationship with my guidance or I call them my angelics, right? Whether they're interdimensional beings or angels or so what I do notice, one of the many things that I do notice is that I do have, I do, I've always received messages and many of them have always been audible, you know, of some sort, some sort of audible, whether it's a word or a phrase or something like that. And, and you know, I'd, I'd have certain images in my mind and certain flashes that, uh, that I would know also were something that they were something, they weren't nothing. But since I've been working with your mom, I, I'm noticing that I'm, in other words, um, my audible sensor, extrasensory uh, perception is more dominant than my visual, if you will, my inner eye. Mm-hmm. Now I'm noticing that I'm definitely starting to, it's like my inner eye is waking up and I'm seeing more color and more images more often. And now when I deliberately try to use it um, without forcing it, but, you know, set an intention for it, I'm definitely receiving receiving more visual information than I have ever before. So is there something that you've been working on in particular to open up or like what can you get into some specifics of what might help other people do the same? Well, before I I met Marie, um, I was spending quite a lot of time meditating. I didn't always spend a lot of time meditating. Um, I've you know, meditation has been a part of my life off and on all my life. For me, the five minute, 15 minute and 30 minute meditations were mostly irritating more than anything else. Um, I I would try that and they just stopped working. You know, the 30 minute ones, I just found, okay, I'm getting edgy and agitated and so on. And then I just had this inspiration from the angels because it was, there was no rhyme or reason for it. I just, they said, you know, um, we're going to meditate for four hours today. And mm-hmm. I, okay <laughs> that's <laughs> fabulous and what was different was that I actually wanted to like the prospect of sitting there in quiet in quietude for four hours was like well this is an adventure I've never done before let's go for it so I did that and since then I sort of vacillate between an hour and a half and two hours per day and for me I mean I can drop in very quickly now but it's I, I really enjoy it So I would say that I think it's really important to develop a capacity to listen. Secondly, I would say um, really just make the decision that you are going to develop a relationship with your angels or your guidance and, you know, put aside the doubt that, well, is this really happening? Is this true? Are they really there? Am I making that up? Because you can do that all day long, every day, and probably have done it for years. Recognize when, you know, our critical mind gets into the picture and to remind ourselves that we know that conversation, we've had it all our lives. And, you know, we're not going to have that conversation anymore. But thanks very much for the information. I know you're there. And just allow what you don't know and have never given yourself a chance to discover to potentially unfold and trust it like so what if you're wrong you know i'm so glad you you brought that that up about the meditation because that's something that 
it's very hard for me to convince people about that, that to take the time and do a long meditation. I have a hard time getting people to do a 25 minute meditation, but in my history and people say, well, how can I become like you? And I'll I'll say, well, meditate for 40 years. But, but basically (laughs) really for years, I got up at three in the morning and meditated for three and a half hours for years. And, I didn't have near the results that some people are having after they have a reading and they connect to their angels. I was just kind of on my own, but I was doggedly determined to do it. And it did waken up a lot in me and I learned a tremendous amount. And then after I had put in that practice of those deep, long meditations, you get your, your whole engine your own whole psychic meditation engine starts working faster as you probably noticed too you now you can drop into this first stage of your meditation in five minutes and the next stage in 10 minutes and by 15 minutes you're completely in a very deep and area of seeing amazing color and very easy to communicate with your angels and do anything you want to do so you do get there and it gets shorter over time Mm -hmm. but most people do not really get the importance of just setting themselves down and making themselves go through the process of putting yeah it's a real conditioning um and we have to entrain ourselves in a different um a different relationship with our inner world right yes and and, um when we're busy in the 3d world it is just it's so hard to really get a handle on the re the greater reality that is really uh at the helm if you will yeah Mm -hmm. yeah for years i when i i just had this idea when i started doing readings that in order to do a reading i had to sit and meditate for an hour an hour and a half Mm -hmm. and then i kind of would have permission to do the reading really that was a way of conditioning me to be in a better space and calm my mind down and let go of my busy mind but and i did that for so many years and got really tedious especially when i had more and more people that wanted to do readings as mm-hmm. you know spending more time meditating than doing anything else right. and, and then one day i just got wow actually i'm doing this so quickly i can change the faces in the dimension so quickly i don't need to do that i can do that in three minutes i don't yeah i can stop meditating right. for an hour and a half before every reading <laughs> right yeah no absolutely and you know what i've noticed too is to your point when we're in communication with our angelics, it, it is a form of meditation, but really surrender and listen. And uh, so it is a form of meditation because we're, we're sort of giving up um, the need to control the conversation, right? Which is mm-hmm. the temptation of all. And it's the greatest habit of the mind, right? Is to control and to interpret, <laughs> you know, that's the thing that I'm constantly learning and relearning is when I get an image or something, I get some information. This is something your mom is helping me with so much, Angie, um, is that, you know, just to relate what I'm getting, don't try to interpret it. Like not having any assumptions of what they're trying to teach you and just let it be. Right. If it's like, well, this doesn't make any sense. That's okay. It really doesn't need to make sense to me. It just, it needs to make sense to, you know, the person that I'm, I'm working with, I guess, you know. It's hard to do that. Trust that the angels often will tell me something in a reading that I don't know anything about. So I, I, not too long ago, I had one that they said this person was alive during the building of the Roman pyramids. And I went, what? <laughs> there, there are no Roman pyramids. And they said the Roman pyramids, you know, and, 
And then, so I, I stopped doing my reading and get out my computer and look on Wicca and say, Roman pyramids. And sure enough, there were Roman pyramids at the same time that the angels were telling me this person was alive. They were building these. They're small, but there's two pyramids built in Rome. I didn't know this. Yeah. I feel like you have to Google uh, quite a few things when stuff like that comes up. Yeah, because I've just, I've never heard of this stuff. And I'm going, wow, is that real? You know, and yeah, I guess it is. Okay. <laughs> I think it's fascinating that the angels of this time, it's almost like they give you just enough information so that you can do some discovery yourself. Um, mm -hmm. And thank heavens for the internet, right? It's like, what is right. for the internet? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's nice to be able to validate what they're saying to some degree. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. What would you do with that before the internet was out? Because you were still doing readings then. I would just say it, but uh, I would just say whatever I was told. And I was told some wild things. And, and it always worked for the person that I was doing the reading for. It never That was never an issue. It was just me going, wow, you sure about that? Yeah. <laughs> you sure you want me to say that? <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so staying out of it and just relaying what you what you see and what you hear. Yeah. Well, and actually to do, you know, I did a lot of stuff in person for years and years and years and years, many years. So I was always doing the reading right there in front of the person, making notes, trying to, but I didn't type it up, of course, you know. And sometimes the things I were told to say to someone, you just go, whoa, you know. And I remember one woman, the angel was saying, just her you know she doesn't love her husband and she's just got to get over having that attitude and and i'm thinking how can i translate this and make this sound a little bit better and yeah. then i finally said i'm gonna just blurt it out and so i did and she said that's such a relief to hear that <laughs> you know? right right exactly you know so yeah permission to speak the unspeakable is such a gift that we can give to you know to anybody right yeah, and uh, it, for her, it was really important thing to hear. Yeah. Not exactly the kind of thing I like to say to people, but um, definitely, definitely worked for her. Yeah. But when you're doing, when I've been doing on-site magical healing, not that it's magic, but it seems like magic, you see it in your mind, you say, you materialize it just like that. See it, say it, do it. And you don't want to be seen saying and doing something that makes the person more damaged or acknowledges right. that they're they're hopeless or right. something like that. That is not a healing. You you want to see them as whole and send them light and, and have them be healing. See it, say it, do it exactly the way you want this healing to go. That's that's great. That's really perfect. I love that. That whole version of them is absolutely alive and well and doing amazing and and that is part of them just as much as all the other versions of themselves so it's about really tapping into that belief that, mm -hmm. that they really are whole and perfect and doing great it's just that you know in this reality that they're focused on it's just a bit overwhelming and they're still coping i really believe that the 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 great masters that did spontaneously healing and like, and I believe that Jesus when he was doing spontaneous healing was just doing that. Mm -hmm. Just, I only see you as this whole complete healthy person. So stand up and be that. 
Yes, yes, that's really good. That's really And if somebody has enough light and enough energy behind them and their angels are channeling them and they make that statement, then it does happen. And there's no reason why hundreds of thousands of people on this planet couldn't learn to do that and do that. Yes, yes. If not, maybe millions. Yeah, Mm -hmm. and the more people who do it, the more people will do it. And I want to pull this back to you, Marie, that you have a way of healing others through your readings. And if they're open and if they're listening and if it's the right time and they can do something with it, it's like it's an open invitation. It's a gateway and it comes with a tremendous amount of healing. Um, Well, I'll tell you a secret. I had the angels draw a line on me around me so that no one can come for a reading until they're ready to heal. And when they come for the reading, then they're going to heal. Mm -hmm. So the mindset that I have around every healing that I do. So they're stuck. If they come, (laughs) if they come, they're going to be in an energy that they signed up for. Things are going to shift. All they can do is say no, you know? Yeah. They can say no or they can put it off, but actually it'll still, the bell's been rung. They're going to still have it in their consciousness. Yes. Agreed. Which you just mentioned something that, reminds me that I am learning that you can really ask your angels for absolutely anything, anything whatsoever. Yeah. But my Mercedes Benz has not arrived. (laughs) (laughs) Well, if you've taught me anything, it's be, it's to be a little bit demanding in the wording that you're asking. (laughs) I need it and I need it now. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. I want it to be this color and I'd like it tomorrow, please. Exactly. It's so funny. I um I ordered a pie for my mom and I had it delivered from uh, Whole Foods. And when I was on the phone with her to tell her that I was having something delivered, it was a surprise. And she said, Oh, is it going to be my car? You know, this beautiful <laughs> car that I've been wanting and so on. And so I said, well, you never know. It might be. Yes, that might exactly be it. What color did you want? We, you know, so we just kind of had a good old time laughing about that. And then when the delivery came, it came in, a, in two bags and each bag had a picture of a car on it. <laughs> <laughs> and so she called me and she said, sweetheart. I got my cars. Remember we were talking about cars? <laughs> so you just never know. It'll come in. Again, more demanding with those uh, descriptions of what it is you want That's when you're right. manifesting things because it could just be the picture of a car on a bag of delivery food. <laughs> more, more specificity. Three-dimensional cars, please. Not two-dimensional. Yeah. And I'd like there to be an engine under the hood as well, please, just in case yeah. that was a question. <laughs> One that works. So, <laughs> right. This child of mine when she was a little girl she wanted a cat and she said i want a white and brown and orange cat with long hair and her dad's like we're not getting a cat we're not going to have a cat out of the question and he said and then he turned and he said well if one showed up you could you could have it but otherwise we're not going to have this cat and i remember i said to him so let's be clear john if a long-haired white (laughs) an orange cat shows up and you can keep that cat and he said yeah sure I'm going golfing whatever and the next day 
this white and brown and orange cat <laughs> showed up with no tags or anything on it and kind of some weeds and stuff in its hair, but uh, basically a healthy cat. And Angie had that cat for, what, 12 years, Angie? No longer. I think I was quite a bit older when, when she finally like passed away. But yeah, Patches, the beautiful calico. <laughs> Yeah, we called her Patches, and, and she was a magical cat. And I remember one day we had a mouse in the house, and I went over to Patches. I said, look, you don't do anything around here except for have people love up on you and eat. I want that mouse dead right here. And I pointed to the spot on the floor. I want that mouse dead by morning. And I woke up the next morning, and there was the dead mouse. <laughs> a little present. The only thing a little present. Oh. Just what I said, you know. Oh, Just, she doesn't need an instruction. <laughs> yeah. So I, ha I have a question and, mm -hmm. and for both of you. So, and I've often wondered about that. When we desire something sometimes, like suddenly, and we just know, we have a knowing about what we want, and it shows up. My question is, did we manifest it? Or did we know somehow have a premonition that something was going to show up and, and it came with the message of wanting, like it became a desire and then it showed up. Which do you think it is? Both. It's both. It can be both. And sometimes you're, you're manifesting the desire of something that you've already discussed with your higher self. So it's on its way. Uh, but there's also been times, I, I think I've talked about that when I manifested $2 bills just out of the air in, in a minute. Wow. So sometimes you can just manifest it. And when I was doing massage therapy, I had no clients. And I literally went outside, shook my fist at the sky and said, this has got to stop. I need to have clients or I can't keep this office. And I went back and then I had six phone calls for appointments. All right. Well, I have my marching orders. That's exactly what I'm going to do. Go outside and demand at the sky. Shake your that. fist at the sky. That's right. <laughs> they call that a shrine. And I think in the... In Ireland, I'm probably saying this wrong and someone will send me a text going, you've got it wrong. But basically, uh, it's like, you know, kind of screaming at God or, you know, yeah. like, yeah. pay attention here. Yes, that's that's perfect. That's perfect. I love that. Yeah. So, Lynn, so mm -hmm. if somebody did want to get a hold of you or listen more, you have your own podcast. How can someone get to know more about you? They could certainly start off by going to my website, which is Coactive Healings with an S, healings.com. Um, I do have a podcast as well that I've just started. Um, and that also is called Coactive Healings, Petal and Swartz. So just awesome. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for coming on and joining us today. Thank you. This has been so much fun. It's great to have met you, Angie and Marie. It's always a pleasure to, to get to chat with you. So thank you so much. It was an honor to be with you both today. Thank yeah, you thank very you. much. As always, I love having guests on to share their experiences and people and kind of flip the roles on me a little bit in this interview, but I hope you guys still enjoyed it and got some good information out of it. It was great having her on. So if you have any questions, if you want to share your experience, you want to sign up for a reading. All of that information is in the bottom of the podcast description, you can call in a question or write to us. And we hope to hear from you guys. Yes, we do. Thank you very much. Bye for now.